Children, the podcast hosted by Dustin and Callie. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Married underscore Show, Facebook Married with Children Show, on Instagram Married with Children Show, or reach out to us in an email Married with Children Show at gmail.com. We're always looking for guests and sponsors. If you have a name of a guest that would be an interesting interview on the Married with Children Show, please send that information to us through social media or straight to our email address. Also, if you have a small business that you'd be interested in being a sponsor on the show, please reach out to us through an email so that we can work out a way that best suits you and our listeners. Also, if you like the podcast, be willing to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it is an honor, I know, for uh, myself. Um, obviously, Callie and I both work in the education industry, and we have talked a little bit about, you know, bringing on an educator that at the top of their game um, for a long period of time. Um, and tonight, we are very, very blessed to have with us uh, Miss Cheryl. Still has uh, 45 years at Jennings County High School, 48 years total. She taught for three years. Um, in Illinois prior to Jennings County. Um, and I think beyond anyone, she she embodies that idea that you did it at a very, very high level for a very... Um, and it's amazing. You've got great stories. That's why we wanted to have you on tonight um, and, you know, and get a chance to, to kind of share with for so long. Um, but also joining us tonight is Blakely. Um, and uh, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, Blakely. But educators, so so four educators all around the table, and uh, Blakely doesn't have quite as many years of experience. I do not. <laughs> no, I do well, not. Well, let's just. I just finished year eleven. Eleven. I'm at ten, so that's twenty one and six. This so will be we're six. we're at twenty seven, and Miss Phil just <laughs> so. Us three combined are twenty seven. Even years. if we double, we barely beat her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're not even. We're not. Miss Thill, thank you so much for being here. You're it's quite an welcome. Honor. Well, thank you. It's an honor for you to have me, and I mean that. Well, we are excited. I'm going to start that you had kind of talked about and something that you wanted to bring up. But what? Why did you choose education? What, it chose me. I did. I remember. When I was in the fourth grade, um, I just loved it. I didn't, I don't think I noticed it till that the whole atmosphere of the classroom excited me. All right. Back then, we didn't have any privacy laws, so the teacher would pick up the papers, the trash can. So I would go back and I would say to the teacher, Can I have those papers in the trash can? And she'd say, Sure. So I took them out. And of course, they were all my classmates' paper grades on them, and I took them home. I, um, took my mother's dining room chairs out of the kitchen area and put them in the houses. Didn't have family rooms. They just had two or three bedrooms, a living room and a kitchen, right, a garage, etc. And so I would put those to the living room, and uh, for Christmas I asked for a blackboard and a globe. I set my dolls in those chairs, 
and I passed out those papers. <laughs> day, the teacher probably would get in trouble for letting me have those. First of all, they get in trouble for putting them in the trash can, let alone let me have them. And then also, I had a ruler because those dolls were not learning, and so I would take my ruler because back then, and this is the honest, I never did have a teacher do this to me. Think to deserve it, I suppose. Not that anybody ever did it to deserve this, but if you mispronounced a word in the vocabulary spelling words, and there were some teachers, they hold out your hand and they take a ruler and they'd hit your hand, the back part of your hand with the ruler. That was discipline. Um, I'd have so much scar to the case. Corporal punishment was accepted then, right? And so uh, my beating my dolls with my ruler was the thing that I saw at school. I suppose <laughs> like that they damaged the kids because there was nobody that had broken you know, fingers or anything. But <laughs> nevertheless, I remember it, it was, it's not something that you should do, of course, but it was something that was allowed back then. Of course, we're talking, I've been out of high school 53 years, out of high school for 53 years. So fourth grade, mm-hmm. okay, that's even more than that. So it was accepted then. I uh, I got in trouble in fifth grade, I remember, because I lost so fast in the spelling I gonna... bee. I don't remember the word I went out on, but it was like one of the first round or two. Mm-hmm. And and it was like the give me word so everybody felt good that they got through on that and the teacher called my mom because she thought that i was making a joke out of it and, and got out on purpose and got out on oh. purpose and wasn't participating in it no i i i misspelled. i really just wish you remembered what the word was I do. just so was, that i can make fun of you i mean it was probably something really really simple at that point but that some strong <laughs> suit whatsoever well see there's been so many things that have changed when i was in high school if a girl got pregnant she could not come to school she was forced in a case when I first started teaching at Jennings County. Girl was forced into homeschooling. She could not come to school and be, and be showing and be pregnant. Uh, so there's so many things that uh, over the course of time. Can I ask you this before we get into some of those other stories? Because you, you brought up that change. And do you believe overall, says that you like and bits and pieces you don't, do you think overall today that education's in a better or worse place than what it was when you started? All right. Based on what I just said I think that, right? Again, going back, teachers could not stand in front of the classroom and be pregnant. Once a teacher started showing and different women started showing at different times, they leave, right? Uh, I don't agree with those kinds of things. When you're asking me directly and do not ask me what I think if you don't want to know. If you <laughs> I brought you me, on and put a microphone in front of you. I want to know what <laughs> yeah. you think. If you ask <laughs> me overall where I think that education is, I think it has been considerably. I'm not happy with it in the sense of what I think we're challenging the students to do and what they're capable of doing. I think we're doing them and not requiring them to be responsible for what they can do themselves. Now, I could, if this were another show, I could probably be verifying why I think that, but I'm just going to answer the question that you gave me, and I would say it's not as in a good a place academically as far as curriculum is concerned as it was when I first started. Okay. Otherwise, I think how we treat people is much better. But the total sense of I'm the authority here, which we have to have, but it's like I've told my students, um, I want to teach, teaching um, participating without dominating. It is guiding without dictating. I can. I am a resource is that's responsible for their safety. I'm the person that's responsible for how the curriculum is implemented. But I don't feel that I need to be there. 
the, I've had students who have a much higher IQ than I have. I knew they were smarter than I was. Why not take advantage of that? Now, if I could see my classroom, I tell them right at the very beginning of, of the year, right? I think I'm communicating clearly. I may not be. Some understand a question that another student's asking better than I can. If they're not understanding what I'm trying to impart with them in knowledge and information, for a moment say, Mrs. Thill, I think I can explain that a little bit better. I'm not intimidated by that because my students have taught me more than I think I've ever heard them, and it's learning together, right? So I'm not intimidated by that. I never have been. So just this year... Uh, a student, we were doing note cards, and this girl was having trouble understanding the note cards. I thought I was under, I was explaining it clearly, and she was having trouble grasping it. Kaylee Ebinger got, got up. I didn't. You know, they can move around. Got up, walked over, and said to the girl, "I think what she means is," and started explaining it mm-hmm. better than I could explain it. I thought I was explaining it well. This is a cooperative effort that we do. I'm. I am responsible to the curriculum and to keep them safe. I am not the authority, so I don't need to walk around with a ruler slapping people <laughs> and so on and so forth. That part, the 50s, it was accepted. Well, you got all that slapping them with a ruler out on your dolls right. years That's ago. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You got that That's practice right. at home long That's, before you got in the classroom. Right. But <laughs> education chose me. I did not teach. I didn't choose it. It chose me. It's in my blood. I've said, the smell of chalk invigorates me. Now I know we use dry oil. Chalk invigorates me. The whole concept of the classroom, that we cannot do one thing without the bus drivers, without the custodians, without the cooks, without, we, it all works together. Mm-hmm. It all comes together to, to implement the education for the student, period. It's an amazing system because exactly, and, and I'll, I'm going to Bring back up. We talked a little bit before we got on the air about, you know, what you did at, at your uh, retain honoring some of your former students. But what I probably appreciated the most is when you honored our cooks, our custodians, you know, the building go. And that's what I, I think sometimes even when I was in the classroom, you get short sighted about everything you're doing and you don't remember the obviously in during the summer and, you know, our custodians are trying to get rooms cleaned and rooms waxed while there's construction and our whole mm-hmm. building is torn apart mm-hmm. and conditioning. That's right. And, and it, when sometimes when we come back, and I can remember one year I came back and my chair was gone. I mean, I had no chair in my class. Right. And, and at first I was kind of mad. I'm like, how can you not put the chair back? I think and it- then you, you step back and you think, oh, my gosh, how petty, how little I'm off. I'm rolling back in here. They've They've taken my entire room out cleaned it waxed the floors everything looks beautiful and i'm ticked off because somewhere sometimes like unless you've been in when they're in the process of doing that because i mean when you go in that hall i mean because they take multiple rooms you know at a time and take doing your room and then put everything in and then do the next room but you know i mean like so it's like sometimes and i get it because i know that i've been like you know that way before but it's like kind of the um you know the process that goes through and yes they've been working all tails off yeah, yeah to do that well in the machine like you just said is it's it's kind of funny i took my like i said earlier i took my son down to denny's this morning and then we went to walmart and just having a four-year-old and i asked him when we went and i said do you want to ride in a car which is like the most terrifying thing ever is to have a four-year-old that you're just constantly watching making sure that he's not you know around the corner or somebody's grabbed him or you so when you multiply that out to public education, you think about the bus drivers that bring 30 kids in and the, you know, the, the schools that have all these kids. And as simplified as this sounds, get them there, 
feed them, teach them something during the day, and get them home all in one piece. Is fun, but it's and, amazing. And res- be responsible for their safety. Yes, okay. absolutely. Back, back when I first started teaching, the worst thing that could have happened, teachers were getting on students for And now we have to be... We have to be so very conscious about their safety. But there have been times when I've come in in the morning before school started and to see those buses rolling. And I know this sounds melodramatic, but I mean it. Actually, it excited me to see all of that moving because it all plays. I, I will agree with that. I mean, if one thing, if, if a bus, I mean, because that's the thing is if a bus runs late because of something, I mean, it affects so many different now, to talk about a little bit about you, you brought up curriculum and where we're at kind of with that, but to bring it back to you a little bit, you've taught English, you've taught drama. What else am I missing in there? The theater. I taught oral interpretation. I think that's probably uh, English you know, composition and English literature. For 25 years, I taught English literature. I've taught different aspects of English, but then what you mentioned there about speech, I taught when I had classes with either Ivy Tech or IU, and they were with English and speech. Um, that's something else, the dual credit courses that have been a new trend that right. years ago. Uh, then the the whole concept of speech to deal with the oral interpretation class with the theater doing the place when I was first hired. Uh, that That's something that I want to bring out a little bit later, if you don't mind reminding me. But if if I could start with something, I was a freshman in high school at Seymour Senior High School. Uh, we're in Jackson County. Uh, we played Jennings County. We played North Vernon in basketball and mm-hmm. football. I don't know anything about the county. I was 14. I was 15 years old. Um, this has significance to me. I've told my students about this. You do not know where your life is going to lead you. You may have goals and you may have plans and out, but they're not going to work out the way you think they're going to work out because life has its twists and turns. Uh, when I was 14, 15 and to school that fall, I had heard that the commissioners in Jennings County had made a ruling. I don't know that I, I knew what the word was, but I'm not sure that I knew exactly what kind of responsibilities a commissioner would have a county commissioner as such, what taken uh, the road that runs in four corners in Hayden, around the Hayden area, mm-hmm. in the east part of Jennings, taken a, the road, and if you lived on the, uh, would be the, I guess I'm losing direction, but whether the, the west side of the road, as opposed to the east side mm-hmm. of the road, you could, if you lived on the Jennings County schools, if you lived on the other side of the road, which would have been closer to Seymour, which would be the east side, I suppose, you had to go to Seymour schools. Now, we're talking about two Jennings County schools from the grade school to junior high. Now, all of a sudden, these students are being uprooted, sent to another, can go to a high school that they knew nothing about. I don't know that emotionally what that ruling did to those kids but I knew there were three girls in my class that came from the Hayden Simmons Peggy Bergmeyer and Kathy Magel they did not want to be wanted to be in Jennings County they wanted to be in North Vernon they wanted to be with their their classmates because they were from out of the county and because I'd gone to school from the time I had gone to Jackson County in the fourth grade to junior high, 
and so on. I knew most of my classmates. They mm -hmm. came in and knew no one would be there. Well, and the thing is, is it wasn't even like they moved, you know, I mean, like, because no. you know how, I mean, like, you've had no. kids that have moved in high school, and that, you know, that's one that's thing, but for not even moving, and them just to say, hey. And for some county commissioners say, right. you're going to have to go over there. Right. right. So they came in, and they were lonely, and they were felt isolated, and too about being there, and when I say that, I can appreciate it. And they were in my class, and I remember I invited them to eat lunch with me. Uh, we ate lunch off and on, and I got to know them a little better. And then throughout high school, it's not that I'm saying that we made deep, deep friendships, but we were friendly together. We graduated. And then I'm talking a good eight years of college and um, establishing my own career in Illinois County and Mr. Hurley hiring me, and I was 26 years old. Back then, we had open house, not parent-teacher conferences, open house where we're the parent rooms and talk to the teachers and get to know them and just have kind of casual social conversation. Um, I'd been there um, not too long. Jane Simmons walked in. What are you doing here? Right? I teach here. Right? Come to find out, she'd married Warren Bifson. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that when I was 14 and 15, with these girls that came in who were disconnected and felt isolated, that at one point in time that that life interacts again and that I would be her son's teacher. She had two sons and I went on to be both of their teachers. She was a secretary at Brush Creek for uh, Kathy Magel. She married uh, Malcolm Branham. Um, I don't have a family. My, I was an only child. My parents are deceased and for 30 years. And so for the last six years, Norman and Edie Branham have invited me to their house for Thanksgiving, is Norman's brother. So for the last six years, I've had Thanksgiving with Kathy, not kids who are now grown and have their own families. Who would have thought? that when we had lunch together as freshmen, that it would come full um, I just wish that students would understand, you know, that just in turns <laughs> and his connections and you just, you can't, you can set your goals, but you just don't know how things are gonna play out. And Peggy Burns-Groggins, I had her daughter Sarah in a gifted and talented class. Sarah chose me as her outstanding teacher for the academic on who would have thought that? Now, I was talking to Kathy not too long ago about the fact that uh, I had seen her in public and about the fact that uh, we had three mm -hmm. years ago, and she goes, I didn't go. Cheryl, I never connected with any of them. I so wanted to be in my own county with my own friends, and I just never connected. You know, again, the connection that goes back to the freshman year, little did I know that I was going to be a resident of Jennings County, that I was going to be a teacher at that high school, that I was that they were going to play a part in my life mm -hmm. like they have and like they did. I just saw a quote the other day. This be nice to everybody you meet because everybody you meet is carrying a burden. Mm -hmm. Those girls came into the class and they were carrying, in their own 14, they were carrying a burden of being displaced. Yes, be nice to everybody because everybody you meet is carrying a burden. In this case, uh, we were away some 8, 10, 12 years later. You know, and it is funny how you say life takes twists and turns. And I, I kind of said this that same day there at the last day. You know, I I graduated from Mitchell High School and I said, I'm I'm never living in a one stoplight town again. I'm I'm going to somewhere in the city. And 
I ended up in Evansville. Coached there, taught there. You know, it looked like everything was set up that I was going to stay in Evansville the rest of my life. And some things happened and come to Jennings County. And my best friend in the world, uh, Brandon Allman, uh, one of my best friends in the world, best man in my wedding, um, the same time as me, both of us had went to USI, we're best friends. His wife, she gets a job at, at the hospital up here. So all of us move up the same year, which came up here. I because said, you all stayed down there. I mean, you all were down there an extra year. Yeah, we too. all worked in Evansville right. for a year. I mean, that, so that it wasn't was our even group. like just after graduation. And yeah. So the same year, all, um, I was... You know, I said, I'm coming here for a couple years. I'm here for two years. I'm going to get some experience, and I'm headed back somewhere else. Amanda, Brandon's wife now, said to me one day, said, hey, there's a girl that's getting a uh, a job at Jennings County, and, you know, maybe later something. And I kind of blew her off because I was coaching, and that was all I was worried about. And and it turned out that it was Callie, and it was a disaster, and we didn't talk for like three <laughs> to five months after that. I remember that. hearing about it. And... Uh, <laughs> And then uh, we ended up rekindling a little bit and, and and with two kids. And now I'm here nine years, uh, getting ready to go in my 10th year. And I'll never go anywhere. It is amazing what you say, but the, the small world part is Brandon and Amanda, that were my best friends in college, had went to high school with Callie at Bradley, went and played basketball at Franklin College. And one of her roommates went to high school with me and graduated with me. It was one of my best friends in high school. So it's that together. And she's like, you're from Mitchell. She goes, you know, do you know Audrey? And I'm like, oh yeah, I know Audrey. But even as crazy as that is just last week, I got a phone call, wanted to donate backpacks. Uh, She works for a a corporation, wanted to donate backpacks to Jennings County High School um, and school supplies for some kids in need. She said, all right. She goes, I got a weird question. I said, okay, what's that? She said, are you married to Callie? And I go, yeah, that's my wife. And she goes, okay, she had before, so I thought that's who you were. She said, uh, tell her that Juco said hi. And I said, Juco? And she goes, yeah, that's what they called me because I transferred from a Juco ball with your wife. I know her really well. So it is that whole idea of you don't know where your life's going to go. And I thought I had it all figured out at about 23, 24. If I had my buddies down there, that's that's where I was going. And then now here I am in Crothersville, Indiana, recording a podcast and uh, and. I'm not going anywhere else. So. <laughs> right. Right. What are, you know, let's go back to your, your early years coming in as teacher. Um, you know, I, I think all young, you know, concern or some struggles when they come in. Do you have any stories about kind of that, you know, getting used to it or getting into the flow? You were a, a, a young teacher, some of the, uh, you know, the bumps along the way. And you may not have had them because it was your calling. And I, I don't want to insinuate that. I know I did. I had to learn and figure out that mm, that didn't work. Oh, I think all teachers do that. At the end of every day, no matter how many years I had taught, at the end, what worked, what made it work, what didn't work, why didn't it work? Was it because I wasn't prepared? Was it because of the whole schedule, interruption, what improve on it, you want to improve on it? There are some things that are out of your control, obviously. I don't know that I that I think that I struggled, such a natural flow for me, and I mean that sincerely. Um, I can't think of one day that I come to my job, if I can call it that. I hate to even refer to it as a job. There were times when I didn't feel well, that I need to do at home, that I really could spend this time here more beneficially, but never ever to, like, the fact that you think, 
like, no, I never thought of it that way. The things that I think about are the things I wasn't expecting. Um, as an example, when I first started teaching, I was teaching sophomores. Mr. Hurley gave sophomore English. They were college-bound sophomores. Back then, we referred to them as that. Is now they've changed the labels time and as to what you refer to those to particular students that are tracked in that particular curriculum area. But they, these were college-bound. And I had a 16, name was John Howard. Um, he sat there in front of my desk. And at that time, of course, we didn't have um, we didn't have computers. We had cards, report cards that looked, they were a little bigger than postcards. And we had to write out how students we had in that section or the sections that we taught. Then we had to write how many A's we had in those sections, B, C's, D, this is all by hand, circle the grade that that particular student had. They students had to come to class the last day of school to receive the report cards. They were with some extenuating circumstance. So the kids all came the last day of school. Uh, remember, they would go through the periods as they had been assigned, and each period was 55 minutes, and we had eight periods. So it's, you know, it's, I can't say that they would stay the whole day, oh, at least a half to three-fourths of the day. Mm -hmm. There was no air conditioning. And where I was was in room 116, and so there were three sections that had window seals, and they were open, and we would open up the windows to get air. It was the last period of the day, and I had John. And, of course, he came back to school, and he said to me after I passed out the report cards, Mrs. Thell, I've got a gift for you. And I said, oh, you do? And he goes, yes, but it's out in my truck. I said, John, I can't let you go without some authority. And the kids started saying, Mrs. Thill, are you going to be that rigorous here at the end of the year? You know, don't be so legal. That's what they meant. Okay, I think you can get by to let him go out to the parking lot to get your gift. So he leaves the, I let him go. He leaves the room, and he's gone, and he's gone. Beginning to think, where on earth is he? He just left school. Well, probably. <laughs> you think that, okay? Yeah, that's right. what I would think. it was the last period of the day. <laughs> right, right. Yes. He just got how, out. How I would do that, <laughs> but I can understand why you might be thinking along that line. All of a sudden, I look out, and John's outside of the building, outside of one of the, John, what are you doing out there? And he goes, I got your gift. And I said, my gift? And then all of a sudden he hunkered down and we lost vision of him. He had a dog. It was a little half-breed chihuahua. His parents sold registered chihuahuas and somehow that was not, not registered as such. All right, so he's gonna give me this dog. I didn't want that dog. I was a 16-year-old boy. I didn't want that dog. Well, the girls all jump up, and they run to the window, and they're sticking their hands out, and they're petting the dog. And I didn't know what to say. Took the dog. That dog absolutely won my heart. I named it Mitzi. It lived to be a very old dog. I have a story that I could tell, but it oh. connects me to John. <laughs> and then John gave me her half-sister later on, so I had two of them, all from John. Well, memories like that, that, um, I mean, that dog was such a part of my life. When we went on vacation, we called ahead to see what hotels, motels would let us keep that dog inside. Dog was spoiled rotten. <laughs> and John would come out to the house. He went to Purdue, and he would come out to the house and visit me when he would come home on his vacations and so on and so forth. But good memories of him eventually being my principal because I've had about seven 
of my former students who became my boss. Not one time did I ever see a teacher. No, the whole dynamics changed. They're now my boss. And so he was my boss as well as my former student and then went on to the central office to, to be mm-hmm. over a corporation. But, I, but what I connect with him is as a 16-year-old giving me that dog and, and um, becoming such a part of my life through him. I never would have thought um, in any, you know, like whenever you think about getting a teacher a gift, I never would have thought of a, an animal, period, let alone a dog. But that is, I thought they were awesome. trying to get rid of the dog. That's what I think because right. they couldn't say. Right, right. But, but, he, but it was his way of thinking of me. And, no, I think it's cool. Yeah. I just, that, that is just, that's awesome. And it's, and it's really cool to hear you say, Dave, but then it won your heart yes. and the memories that yes. you have oh, yeah. going on. That's, that's too the cool funny. There's no way I could have told him I didn't want it. Right. There's just no oh, way. yeah. No. <laughs> and you have, obviously, because, okay, now what year did you come into Jennings County? In the fall of 1973. Okay. I went to, to work in 70, in the fall of 70. So just a few years after the school had obviously opened. Yes, yes. Um, and you have currently worked for every principal. We that is about how Jennings. it consolidated. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Not North Vernon the, High School. When yes. I was in, in Seymour Senior right. High School, we played north vernon so you right. have always taught for jennings county when did it 1968 is the, when it became yes, jennings was the county. first first fall that it was a high okay, school okay gotcha and then 69 was the first yes gotcha mm-hmm. but so you have worked for every principal at jennings county high school in the history of the school yes 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 and most of them were former st- <laughs> yeah except mr hurley yeah yeah i was gonna say a, after that because <laughs> it went uh-huh. from hurley then to who uh, it went from Hurley, ben. yes, and he left and went down to around Evansville to Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, then after Reardon came Wildy. Wildy. Mm-hmm. Taylor. Then, mm-hmm. Yes. But now I'm talking also assistant principals. Right. Assistant yeah, principals yeah. were my boss as well. They may right. not have been the boss as far as the principal. Right. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I can't keep track of all of those. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. changed. In the last 10 years, that's changed several times. Yeah, right. Okay, let me, let me tell you a story that I've... I've I, I really love this story. Uh, actually, Blakely, if you'll go over there in that bag, mm-hmm. way down in the bottom of the bag is a picture frame. If you'll get that out. Not that anybody can see it except for those of us who are here, but uh, it's important to me. Well, I can take social media with yeah, the episode. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, I, I had um, the second semester of this year i would have probably been about 30 and 32 i lose track of time time goes by way too fast right so it goes by way too fast for me but i'm going to guess i was 30 to 32 seniors in class and i love these seniors and i i swear to you they'll always be kids no matter they're but they're kids brian shaley and Alvin Beavers. I heard part of this story. Someone videotaped you. It was on Facebook. Yes, I saw it. Go ahead, I, I, but I, I am excited. I love this story. Second semester of their senior year, I got assigned to cafeteria duty. You know how many teachers came up to me and said, duh, you got cafeteria duty. You're going <laughs> to hate it. Why am I going to hate it? Oh, it's boring. You have to stand in there and just make sure those kids don't. We're just really very negative. And I wasn't really sure what I was in for because I've never done are. it before. They, they still very are. negative. Yeah, they don't like cafeteria duty. No. Okay, let me tell you the story, and I don't understand that. <laughs> I enjoy now, it. I but... do know that times have changed, and what I did then I couldn't do now. But there are other ways. 
and I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just saying that I deal with life according to my personality, right? I'm not saying the right way or the only way. Well, it's what's right for you. It's, it's worked for well, you. It, it's my personality. Absolutely. Right? So I go in there. And I'm standing around walking. This is, there's got to be more here than this. I mean, the, it's not that I felt like they were right and this is really boring and it's getting on my nerves. It's just like there's got to be more. This person, I got to keep moving. I think I'm AD, I don't think I know I'm ADHD. <laughs> so I've got to keep moving. And so I begin to notice that where I was walking around, what grade are you in? And they would tell me, and what's your name? And who do you have for English? And, you know, who's your favorite teacher? And I'm asking them all these kinds of questions that were not personal, but gave me have them in class. But I began to notice because back then we had plastic trays. We had silverware. Now they stopped using it would throw the silverware in the trash can. Mm -hmm. So they were losing money. And then plastic. Do you um, still not? Do you not have regular Silverware? No, we use no, plastic. No, plastic. Everything. The silverware. Really? Good for you. Yeah, we Good don't. for you. Yeah, yeah, plastic. I mean, no, okay. it's all plastic, and it's styrofoam okay. kind of trays. But back then, they had the hard plastic trays. Yeah, yeah. Silverware. Really? Yeah, I believe so. Well, I do know that one of the reasons why they said, and I can only go on what they said, is that the kids would throw it in the trash. Yeah, right? I'm, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm sure. So at this time, they had the silverware and they had the plastic trays. But I noticed that kids were le leaving their milk cartons and their napkins, straws and the papers from the straw all over the tables. Like, gosh, you know, they don't even think to take them back and put them in the trash can. And the trash cans, trash cans are back by the counter where the women would wash off the trays. Mm -hmm. And um, they, it, they almost had an assembly line going when they would the trays and rinse them off and before they would put them in some dishwasher or whatever. So I thought, well, there's got to be some help here. So I go into the cooks and I said, box. And they looked at me a little strange. Why do you want a cardboard box? Well, these kids are leaving trash out here on the tabletops and I can just put it in there and throw it away. Well, let's just let the custodians do them. No, I, I don't need to be standing around. Give me a cardboard box. If you have a cardboard box, I'll be picking this up. Um, there's no sense for the custodians to have to do it. If I'm in, give me a cardboard box, and I'm going around, and I'm picking up all these cartons of the milk cartons and the papers off of the straws and the straws and the napkins. I take it over, and I dump it in the trash, and I start over again. Well, Alvin and Brian were really good friends, and they had their lunch hour. At the, I was, they watched me, and I was doing that. They went, why are you doing this? And I was joking, and I said, well, see, guys, they know I'm at your salary, so I don't make a whole lot of money. They thought you would tip me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I just, I, it was a joke, and I just went about picking up to get back, and when the cardboard box, it wasn't a big box. It was, you know, maybe uh, 12 by 8 or something like that, but I'd get it full, and then I'd take it, and I would trash in there in the cord cardboard box. Well, I looked over that day when I said what I'd said to them, and they were standing with their arms folded across their chest, and where they'd been seated was a mountain of trash. It was as they'd collected every milk cart, every napkin, whatever, and they just made this mountain of trash. <laughs> I looked at them, and I crooked my finger, and I went, come here, come here. They're shaking their hands off their chest. No, no, no. They're mouthing at me across the cafeteria. No, no, no. You pick it up. So I'm not picking this up. You made this mess. You come over. You can't. We can't be heard, but I'm mouthing it. Come over here. I'm crooking my finger in motion for them. No, no, no. You pick it up. You pick it up. So we're standing there arguing back and forth. So I pick it up, and I'm putting it in the cardboard box. And when I get to the bottom, there's a $20 bill. I held it up, and I went, I can't tell. They mouth back, that's your tip. 
I can't take this. I, I can't take this $20 bill. In my pocket, I put it in my desk drawer. Um, this then became a regular habit. They're leaving $10, $5. I can't take this. So I thought, okay, they've got to stop this, right? This was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> right. So I go down to Mr. Hurley, and I said, Mr. Hurley, this is what's happened. And these boys, it was a joke, and it's still a joke, but they're leaving money. They're making this, told him how I was picking up the trash, what my goal was to keep busy and to help take some load off of the custodians and to talk to the kids as I'm moving around. This is turning into something that I can't handle. So I want to make a deal with you. I said, the money that they give me, can I bring it down here and leave it in in the end of this semester, which would have been the end of their senior year? Can I use this money to order pizza and let them have a pizza party in my room? I was in room 122, which was right. And he said, sure, I think that sounds like a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, and I'm going to tell them, right? I'm going to tell them. He goes, that's that's it. So I tell them the money that they've already given me and the money thereafter I put in the safe. Now, the money was dwindling. They were just a dollar. By the end of that semester, I had quite a bit of money to order several pizzas. And so um, I told them, all right, you're coming to the end of your left of school or whatever. What day is the best day for you to have your pizza party? And back then, kids didn't have to be monitored. They were expected a certain way, right? For one thing, I don't think teachers felt that they were being threatened with lawsuits every time they turned right. around. Right. right. So the kids could go in there and eat their pizza and they could have their party. Plus the kids that were their friends were they're the kids that you could trust that were going to behave themselves. So we order the pizza. We have the pizza. There's no more trash at their particular seats. There's no more money left. We've got just about um, 14 days left of school or whatever. The last day that they were going to be in school in the cafeteria. I go around, you know, and I'm greeting them. They're graduating here pretty soon, you know, you've only got a few days left, so on and so forth. And I look over, and they're standing there by the trash can with their arms folded. I look over where they've been seated, and there's a mountain of trash, a mountain of trash. I crook my finger, come over here and pick this up. No, we're not going to do it. Doing it. Come over here to pick it up. No, not going to do it. You pick it up. So I pick it all up and I put it in the cardboard box with this three by five size picture frame. <laughs> There's black construction paper. You can, this has got to be 38 years old. <laughs> you can hardly read this because they've written it in white on that black construction paper. Center is a quarter that's been glued. <laughs> and it says, from the last of the big tippers. <laughs> now Brian went on to go to Rose Hallman and became an engineer and Alvin lives in the area and I just saw him recently and he introduced me to his wife and look at this I had it up in my house it looked like I, it was taped oh, together I, know, I have taped it I have taped it over and over and over again and somebody said why don't you get a new picture frame Maybe that's right yeah. that is I have to prop frame. it up I would not take a farm in Texas for this no 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 the last <laughs> that is that's so pretty cool, cool. That it's is so very cool. cool it's not just because you connect with students and that's what i was doing but i didn't realize i was doing it mm-hmm. you're gonna hate it and somehow in my subconscious mind i'm thinking no i'm not gonna hate it i'm gonna do something productive here and maybe if we would approach them up to something that we think we're not gonna like there's something good here wonder where it is i'm gonna find it mm-hmm. and in that case 
uh, I was just thinking, I just don't want to stand here. I'm just going to help the custodians out, and I'm going to get to meet these students. But then this little added thing happened that mm -hmm. was a beautiful story, an absolutely beautiful story. I'll have to just... <laughs> I, you can't stand it by yourself. I have to prop it up on that box. Well, and I think something you said earlier when you talked about the quote that you had seen where be nice to people. I think that's the amazing thing that we have the opportunity to do in education because I've had, uh, you know, a couple of kids since I've been out of the classroom that I've, they've gotten back out of college and they've said, you know, there was a day when I was having a bad day and you brought me out of the classroom and you took the time to talk to with me. And I just want you to know how much that meant to me. And sadly, I think back and I'm like, I don't remember that whatsoever. And it's not, it was just, I had a student that came in that was upset. I talked to him. I tried to help him out, but that wasn't the biggest thing in my day that day. But to them, it, obviously it was, it was, a, it was right. you know, life changing. I shouldn't say life changing, but it was a huge moment in their life. Right. And, and I think sometimes what you just said is so, because we don't know what burden they're carrying and we don't know what you know, what effect that may have on them for the future. Well, and not just that, I think in the case from telling me I was going to hate it, to say, do more than you're expected to do. Yeah. Right? It wasn't oh, something yeah. that I consciously thought about. It was just that all this paper they're leaving, I'll be doing something. I'll pick it up, right? Well, I was told by the cooks, let the custodians do it. Why? When I can do it. I'm assigned here. So do more, and you'll never know what blessing comes out of that. In this case, it was Alvin Beavers and Brian Shaley, you know? with the last of the big tippers that's so that's so awesome and, and you're right it is it is a um it's a blessing what we're we're given the opportunity to do and I, i've said this before you know you said earlier that you hate calling it a job because all of my former kids and students i've always said you know i've never worked a day in my life no. i've had bad days if, at least when i come into my career because i I think it's unbelievable the opportunity I get to come in and hang out with kids and, and interact with kids and build. And that to me is a, is a huge blessing. So I love when you say those kind of things because that's why you get into this and you don't love being around kids. It's, it's not for you because that's the whole thing. I love, I love social studies. I love the curriculum, but more than anything, and that was always really important to me. Sure. Sure. Now, I, I've got another story that when um, it was on Facebook, my students saw me in the last week or two and said, you've got to be sure you tell this story, Miss So, you've got to tell this story. Um, I w it was, a, I suppose, and where I was in the room, I've already alluded to this, particularly when I mentioned John Howard, there were windows, three sections of windows, and they opened up at the top and at the bottom, and then there were window seals that were underneath each sections of windows. Um, I liked to have some greenery in my classroom, and so I, I planted in big pots, seals, philodendron. Now, if you know anything about philodendron, they vine and they have big leaves. They get really bushy. They don't take a lot of care. You don't have to water to prune them, and they just keep vining out, and they're really, really pretty. I've got some in my house now, and I just can't believe how they have vined out and kind of built up what these um, philodendrons and these window seals were doing. I noticed in the morning that there were these boys, about four of them, that would go philodendrons, and they would mutter and murmur uh, to each other. And I'm thinking, why are they so interested in those philodendrons? Watched, I don't in my classroom unless, if, if it's something I think I can stop today, I'm going to stop it today, if it's going to get worse tomorrow. But if I, it's in the just 
jump all over a kid. So I'm thinking, well, they seem awfully interested in those philodendrons. That went on for about a week and a half. I say, sometimes it's easier just to observe. Right. Well, that, <laughs> you collect more information, I guess. And I think I'm an observer, but nevertheless, you're right. And I was watching this for about a week and a half or so. And it was the same four boys at pots in the morning. And so I couldn't figure out why. I just don't understand why they're so interested in this. So I, one day after school, things growing in there that were not just philodendrons, but I didn't know what it was. So I went walking all the way down the length of the building. Mr. Hurley was still in his office. I really need for you to come down to my classroom because these boys seem to be interested in my philodendrons and there's some things that are growing in there that I don't recognize. So he gets out of the other length of the building with me and he walks in, walks over to those um, window seals and looks at those each potted plant and each of those three window seals. Was a man of his own kind. It's hard to describe him because there was no one ever like him before or since. Isms that were only his. When he would get intent, he would take his thumbs, stick them down inside his belt buckle, or the belt of his pants, left side, pull his pants up on the left side, <laughs> then go over and he would stick his thumbs down into his pants, pull his pants up on the right side. And he talked. So I saw him looking and investigating what was in those plants. He did that maneuver where he pulled up his pants on the left side, then he right side, and then he barked at me and he said, Well, Miss Phil, I hate to tell you this, but you got marijuana growing in your classroom. <laughs> dead i did not what the stuff was i didn't know what it looked like i thought surely he was exaggerating but no he wasn't so then he said this and i said no sir i can only tell you the four boys that are interested in it he goes well that's not enough we've got to know who planted it i said i cannot unequivocally to do know who's interested in it so he said okay we're going to get a trash bag i'm going to pull this up we're going to get rid of it for you right um and if you see any others, you got to let me know as soon as possible. So he pulls it all up, and he doesn't do any damage to my philodendrons. And the next morning, these kids go over philodendrons, and I hear him muttering and mumbling to each other. And I go, fellas, anything wrong? No, 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 no. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Right. Um, clearly that they were interested in that marijuana. <laughs> right. And that there was no marijuana. Yeah. Yes. There, there was no more marijuana in my philodendrons. Philodendrons in there for maybe four or five days after they stopped looking at them because there was nothing to look for in the philodendrons anymore because I took those philodendrons home. I brought in plastic plants, ugly <laughs> plastic plants from that day until this in my classroom. And sometimes from time to time, the kids would say, now I don't know whether they were asking uh, because they really were inquisitive or whether they had miss Phil, why do you just have plastic plants in here some of my teachers have live plants well there's a story connected to that <laughs> there will never be classroom again no you can't plant you can't plant marijuana with plastic plants and how, how closely have you been checking on your philodendrons at home? I live by myself, so I don't, I don't need to. No, no. Uh, I mean, I would have never thunk it. Oh, my God. I mean, I would have never would have never thunk it that somebody would have put marijuana in those philodendrons. Oh, That's what, and, and we talked about this a little bit off air, and you shared this story, too, but as an administrator now, I can't imagine being Mr. Hurley and sitting there and making the walk down to your room um which is a good one huh? <laughs> and walking in and saying oh no miss mm -hmm. though you've got marijuana yeah here. and the way he said miss though i hate to tell you this but you go <laughs> room 
Oh, gee. I, I didn't know but what I was going to get fired. I, I didn't know what to expect. Oh, but I'd have told him it was a cross curricular apartment and you were working on it. Well, for sure, he got rid of it. Now, what he did with it, I don't know. But, I mean, he put it in those trash bags, and I'm sure that he he <laughs> waves he could. Oh, I'm yeah, positive yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah. that is, that is, uh, that's one of my favorite stories I've, I've oh. heard you tell because it, as I can't imagine finding that. And then, as a, obviously, as an administrator, I can't imagine um, <laughs> coming down having a teacher that. Hell, that is that is more I than priceless. I sort of felt bad that I didn't know what it looked like. I thought <laughs> I thought I should have known something a little bit more than I knew about the plant, you know, so that I'd re- I didn't recognize it. I mean, I didn't even go over there and look in it until I, there's something wrong here. These guys are too interested in those philodendron. Yeah. So. And from your your baby dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What are some of those other, and I know you you brought some stories that you wanted to tell stories from, you know, again, and and for those that are listening that may not be from the Jennings County area that that don't know uh, Miss Cheryl Thill, again, I'll say eight total years in education. Um, we, we laughed earlier and we added up, uh, you know, Blakely, Callie and myself for a 20, 48 years serving kids, um, and, you know, helping kids and educating kids and, that's amazing in and of itself. Those other stories. Uh, the thing, I one of the things I think it has to do with staying in the area so long. I know that a few days after we were recognized, Mister um, Broughton mm-hmm. came up to me in the hallway and he said, "I was going to write you a letter, but since I see you, I want to tell you." When I told my wife that there in the auditorium, when Mister Black said, "How many of you graduated from Jennings County?" and the sea of hands went up. Mm-hmm. How many of you have hands went up? He said, I told my wife that was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. He said, as a coach, we've lived in 13 different places and 16 different houses. Uh, Athletes that will write me cards or letters and tell me, as you've said, about how I impressed them. But he said, someone stay in one area Mm -hmm. for so long and have that kind of influence. And I think... um, I, and I don't know how it's happened to me. I still am in awe of it. Um, but I had the Elsner kids. The oldest one's 60 now. Notice I referred to them as kids. Right? They came from the Four Corners area, family, six, six children, five boys and one girl. And I had the oldest one, Steve, in class. I lose track of time. I may not have these details. I've got the essence of the story. That's okay. 70, There's very few people that can fact check you, so don't okay. worry yeah. about okay. it. Go with it. Okay. It was 75, 76. I had him as a sophomore. A teacher left, and they moved me up to juniors, and I had Steve again then as a junior. Uh, I think he graduated in 77, 70, came along. Mark in 81 graduated, and then I had the rest of them as they trickled on down through uh, the time was a very good student as a matter of fact he's been inducted in the hall of fame uh, he wanted to be an aeronautical engineer so he went to notre dame made got his masters and then went down to nasa and was hired and uh, just retired about three years ago after 37 years with nasa about sorry you're okay <laughs> about six years ago merle salyers called me on the phone and he said um I said, yes, Merle, how are you? And he goes, fine. Do you remember Steve Elsner? And I said, well, of course I do. I had him in class. He goes, well, he's in town. And he said to me, is there some way we could get a hold of Cheryl Phil? I haven't seen her since I graduated. 
and I'd really like to see her. And I was flattered, and so the three of them... And Steve said something to me like this. He said, when I had you in class, you pushed vocabulary, and you pushed... And I remember I was sick of vocabulary, and I had you two years in a row, sophomore, then junior year, and he said, I'm just like, this woman's wearing me out with vocabulary. It has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It's wasting my time. Wait. And he said, Mrs. Still, I guess I've thought of you a thousand times. Able to reach my goal, I went down to NASA, I got hired. And for all of these years, I've worked with engineers, both male and female, that can put a man on the moon, but speaking to you, they look at your shoes. Their vocabulary is limited to engineering terms. And that's it. And I've thought, <laughs> pushing vocabulary. Now, this that was nice enough. But the the beautiful every year since then he and his brothers and his sister and I've gotten together at least once a year for dinner and I get to see what they've done Steve has come and spoken to my classes this year Mark and Steve came and they did a wonderful job because Mark became a chemical engineer and just retired from Eli Lilly and I was hoping that some teacher would continue to invite them to come to offer the students in the way of information. And, and I think it's important for the students to see that these are um, men who grew up in this county and, and the world, and they've been successful. And they come back, and then they give back to the community and to their school where they graduated. Wednesday, we went out. We met at Johnny Garino's and just had a beautiful time for about two hours and 45 minutes different things of life and about the county and how it's changed in four corners and Houston and different things and um, at the end of the evening Mark had come in with a big um, trash bag and obviously pulled it out and he'd given me a retirement gift um, I can show it to you later because I brought it tonight but and he said to me, Mrs. Sill, do you remember Krista McAuliffe? And I said, of course I do. She died in 1985, excuse me, 1987. She was in the shuttle, mm -hmm. and just a few seconds after it um, left the earth, it exploded. He goes, well, she had a backup. And I remember it was Barbara Morgan into review whether they wanted to send civilians into space or not. They, Barbara did go up into space once. He said, she's retired. She lives out west. Somebody that I know, know uh, I told them I wanted to get in touch with her, and he got in touch with her, and he pulled out of that trash bag. It looks like it's about two and a half big picture frame of this Barbara Morgan with her space uniform, and it's professionally mounted, thanking me for my years of service and what I've contributed to education. And that was Steve's gift to me to say thank you, students, at Jennings County, and across the table said his sister Rose, who's a guidance counselor in Brownsburg, and then his brother Jim and Roxanne in class, and then Andy and Amber, who are still, he's an engineer at Cummins, and they farm on the side and live in Hayden. And When I got home, before I went to bed, I prayed, and I thanked God. That's, I mean, I would have never dreamed when I had those kids in class. I don't even know how it happened. I don't know why it's happened. But I'm the beneficiary. I'm the one that's receiving the blessing and beautiful, beautiful ways. Now, um, I do have a story here that 
it's kind of funny. I think. Well, it was funny at the. T- <laughs> How much time do we have? We, uh, you just go. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. This kid, I'd be a kind of a little twit sometimes. <laughs> and when I say that, I say that with I'm smiling because they, <laughs> you know, they don't want to focus and in in this analogy. Uh, no one told me, and I'm going to tell you that this is something that I have against um, administration. They don't communicate clearly. No, 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 no. They don't communicate clearly. And they get these wild ideas, and they think that they're so grand, but they never tell anybody that they're going to implement them. And I told Dr. Sargent this one time, I said, you, I don't know where you get these grandiose ideas, but then you tell us we're going to do it, and then we have to do it. And then when it doesn't walk off, and we have to pick up the pieces, because it didn't work, and we weren't told that we were going to have to do it in the first place, right? I'm just about communicating. Well, a week before school starts, and there are computers in my classroom. No one told me I was going to have those computers in my classroom. In long elongated rows, not up and down rows where you can walk up and down, but elongated rows. There were 30 of them, so three rows. They're, they're not individual computers. They're stuck together. Is this still room 116? No, I'm now in 120. 116, I went to 122 for 22 years. And then when Sherry Moore retired, I moved to her room, which was 130, where it's where I was when I read these, all of these computers right there. And they're all bolted to the floor. So I go down. Todd Hearn is the assistant principal. I walk in. Didn't you tell me we were going to, oh, Miss Thill, we got a grant. We got this. Oh, is this really great? Oh, I'm going to have, every kid's going to have a computer. I said, no, you didn't tell me. I'm not against that. I'm to my speech class. I, I don't have any room to move. I said, you've ruined my activities of breakdown inhibition activities that I do with them. I don't have to go to the commons, right? This is your alternative. You can leave the classroom and go to the commons. Okay, so they had a button. Underneath they had the key, a, a kind of a, like a little shelf that moved, mm-hmm. and the keyboard was underneath, and then the screen was flat, and then the mouse was over here, and you could turn it on. And What's that? Awful for your posture. Because well, you were them. looking through that You're looking glass. down, yeah. yeah. And uh-huh. so your neck, I'm sure, was... Uh-huh. Well, very difficult to monitor. Yeah, supervision was... Absolutely. You couldn't oh, see anything. To monitor them. So I got in a habit, or but I got in a habit of when I say, okay, when I'm back there doing mechanics, taking the attendance and so on, you can talk, you can be on the computers. When I come up in the front of the room, I'm going to tell you I want your attention, I want those computers off if we're not going to be using them. And when we do use them, I'll tell you when to turn them on. So I get up. After a while, it just took about, oh, a week and a half, the kids were getting into a habit. I would say, okay, class, I'm going to start class now. The computers go off. I want you for assignment. Don't be talking now. Don't be writing notes to your sweet thing. I want you to focus. Come on, focus, focus with me. So usually I was teaching the crucible. It's Arthur Miller. It's really important. Besides that, it's first semester, and everything that I do for mes- first semester hinges on what we're doing second semester because I'm paper about the McCarthy era, and that's why Arthur Miller wrote the crucible to bring attention to the American public that they were repeating what the Puritans were doing in the period. Sort of a witch hunt, of mm-hmm. blaming people of being communists, right? And these kids need to know that. They need, they need to understand that because... History has a tendency that they needed to know how to write a term paper. So I'm teaching, and this kid, I liked him, and I liked him a lot. He was in the second computer by the windows. And I look over, and he's got his head down, looking at the screen, and he's smiling. (laughs) 
And I'm thinking there's no need for him to be looking down, plus he's smiling, and we're talking about the crucible, which is pretty serious, right? In the middle of the sentence. He's totally unaware that I'm not teaching. The rest of the class knows I'm not teaching, but he doesn't. Up the side of the first aisle of computers and down into where he's seated. And I take my hands and I, I put my hands like so and I brace myself and I lean way out and he's looking at classic cars. <laughs> now when I lean out, he saw my reflection and he looked up and he knew I was mad. And the whole class knew I was mad. I told you to turn that computer off. I told you to focus. You're not focusing with me. I am not happy. I am, stand me, I am not happy. Now, they told us in methods class that you can't threaten a kid with something you can't do. Right? I Absolutely. Said, if you're going to turn to what I'm doing here, and I mean it. Now, I understand that he either is a senior or has graduated from UND and is now a registered nurse, but nevertheless, he was. <laughs> and I was trying to teach him something that would help him to become that registered nurse, so I said to him, I said, I am not happy. You're going to turn that off. Do you understand? You're going to turn that off. And if you turn that back, that what am I going to do? Right? <laughs> I just stopped in mid-sentence. I'm going to... Three times I'm saying this, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, just to say I'm going to call your dad sounds a little wimpy, right? <laughs> now, when I was a kid, my mother used to threaten me when I was, if I was doing something wrong, she'd just snap her finger and look at me and say, you're going to go to D.Y. Diddy, right? That man, you're crossing the line. Do you want to go to D.Y.D.? right? Well, I didn't know what I was going to say. So I said, three times, if you turn that back on, I'm going to, if you turn that back on, I'm going to. If I went, why did he? And I just walked back up to the front of the room. And there was not a... I was mad, right? So about three days later, I have this girl in my English honors class. And before I get up to start the speech class, she raises her hand. Mrs. Thill, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. What is D.Y. Diddy? <laughs> I started laughing, and I said, well, it's a place that my mother used to threaten me with whenever I was crossing the line. She said, and she mentioned another girl who went to Rose Hallman and became together in that, in that class, and she said, we got out in the hallway that day, and she said, she said to me, Mrs. Still holds me in the palm of her. I'm just mesmerized with her. And every now and then, something stupid will come out of her mouth. Like, D.Y. Diddy? What is D.Y. Diddy, right? I said, well, you go back and tell her that it's a place my mother used to threaten me with, and I was threatening him with it. Well, about two... You remember Will Gay? Oh, I remember Will. <laughs> he, somebody said, Miss Thill, Will Gay's got something to tell you. And I said, what's that? It's the same class. He said, I got on Facebook, and I told um, on Facebook that you had told student in my class that you were going to, I didn't know what D.Y. Diddy was, but it sounded like an interesting place to go. So how many of you would like to go to D.Y. Diddy? 169 <laughs> students at D.Y. Diddy on Facebook, right? I okay. think I think to honor you, we need to we need to amend the uh, the handbook next year, and I think one of the disciplines needs. Ah, there you go. There. Sounds, well, that's so much better okay. than after school. Instead you know, of after school, you're going to DY Diddy. But you know, the fact is, again, sometimes it's the approach. The approach, and, and, and I really will tell you, I didn't know what I was going to threaten the kid with. It didn't sound <laughs> severe enough, right? But the thing that just came to my mind was what my mother's into something funny. It turned into something pleasant. 
and it turned into something that the kids talked about in a in a nice way but yet I got my point yes and the kids then would refer to the rest of the year you don't want to go to D.Y. Diddy all right she's getting upset don't she uh. to take you to D.Y. Diddy <laughs> I have here um I, I know this is something that I was telling the last day of school there's this kid in my class and he's sitting in the last seat of the oh, yes. yeah the second row yes <laughs> I love this story and he um he gets out a ping pong ball and he starts banging that ping pong ball on the desktop just you know just bouncing it i always have thought that i could to their intelligence so i leaned out and i said excuse me i'm teaching that ping pong ball is distracting me and the students it looked like he put it away i saw him put it in his pocket and i start teaching again and by and by with another one and he has two of them now and he's bouncing both of them on the desktop. <laughs> so I stopped again, and I thought, I'll appeal to his attention. I said, five minutes ago, you had one of those out. Now you've got two, and you're distracting me, and the students put them away. So he puts them away. And I go on, he gets out three. And now he's juggling. Okay, <laughs> now he's provoked me. Oh, my God. And so I stopped, and I said, okay, come here. Come here. Come here. So he, I said, I want you bring those, bring those up here. So he comes all the way up in the front of the class. He's standing there beside me, so he puts those ping pong balls in the palm of my hand. Then I looked at him, and I pointed my finger, and I said, now, do you have any more balls? <laughs> and when I said that, Lord, and that made me mad, and I looked at him, I said, you knew what I meant. And then I realized, oh, it was out of control. The class was laughing, and then I realized, okay, I've made my point, but... I've done it in the wrong way. And in methods classes, they used to tell us, be careful what you say. Oh, yeah. Because I lost my momentum when I had him come all the way up to the class and stand there beside me, put them right here in the palm of my hand, and then I asked him what I asked him. There was no and so when I started laughing again, it was another one of those disciplinary activities, incidences that turned out to be funny. Mm -hmm. Right. I made my point, and yet somehow I hoped that I won them over. He didn't get him out again, but then I'd taken the three that he had, and I guess he didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a story that um, that I find anything to do with school, per se, but it's interesting. I had two dogs. I love dogs. And until about four years ago, I had a brother and a sister from the same litter, and the little girl died before the boy, and he he, they, he lived to be 12. They were Russell and Lucian. I'd take them for a walk. People would come out of the house to look at them because they were so cute. They were like twins that never grew up. And um, I just remember that September is about the 19th of September, thereabouts, and on a Tuesday, and we had a teacher's meeting scheduled, and I re realized that some of the leaves were beginning to fall, and I needed to rake from school. I'm going to start raking my leaves, particularly if I get home in time. So I did, went in and changed my clothes and put on my blue jeans, came out with the trash bags and got a rake, and I started raking. My idea was to rake as many leaves as I could to get them in the trash bags and put the trash bags down by the street because I live on Highway 7 with jail. And I put those trash bags down by the, so that the trash man will pick them up and then whatever leaves I can't get in there, I'll just put them back down by the, suck them up for me. So I'm, I'm, my my yard is not small, and I'm doing this by myself, and so I'm, I'm making some hay about 6 o'clock, 6.30, the sunset. So now all I have is just the street lights. 
but I'm still working. I thought, I, I'm raking, and as I'm raking, I'm raking down towards the sidewalk there that um, goes up towards the park area. Back is to the street, and all of a sudden, over my left shoulder comes a, a hand and an arm. Comes right over my lap and takes that rake right away from me. I look up, and it's a girl. She looks like she's probably 21 or so. And she doesn't say a thing to me. She doesn't say, hi, how are you, anything. I'm just kind of, st- I'm stunned. So I can see her at least just, and I tried to examine her. She didn't look familiar. And I said, uh, excuse me, um, I taught high school over here. You don't look familiar. I don't think I had you in class. Now she just answered my questions, but not throw the conversational ball back to me. I said, I don't think I've had you in class. And she just keeps breaking. I said, well, what's your name? Kara. I said, well, Kara, where are you from? Greensburg. Under the rake? I said, yeah, I think I do, up there in the garage. She goes, go get it. <laughs> so I go up in the garage, and I get another rake. <laughs> and I, I like this. I just love <laughs> how she goes along with it. Like, <laughs> okay. The- okay, this is the thing. This, this is the thing. When I told this to my colleagues at the lunch table, they went, Cheryl, you're... I know, <laughs> no right? Doubt. Hey, do you do you have a thousand dollars too? Go ahead and go get that. <laughs> bring it back. Any jewelry? If you'll bring that down. Go ahead and give me your car keys. <laughs> At any rate, she said, "You have another rake," and I said, "Yes, I think I do." Up in the garage, so I go up and then get it. And I said, well, "Okay, if you're going to help me, this is my goal. I'm trying to get all of this." And I told her about bagging it up so the city could come along and suck it up for me. So she helps me <laughs> for quite a while. It seems like maybe thirty minutes or forty minutes or so. Now it's starting the um, it backed. Uh, where it's a little darker, mm-hmm. but she's she's raking and she's helping me. Nope, we're not talking, right? So I'm down by the raking. Have you heard this story, Blake? I don't think I have. Okay. My, my students say, Mrs. Still, how does all this stuff happen to you? Well, you need to write a book. Is <laughs> and what this you need is to how do. Mrs. Leave. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Uh, well, sort of. Because I haven't heard this story. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> the, thing, the thing of it is, I, I don't know what to say. When the kids say, how does all this stuff happen to you? I don't know. I don't know how it happens to me. But I had my back to the street, and I'm raking. And all of a sudden, this arm comes over my left shoulder. It's a hand and an arm, but now it's male, not female. And he reaches out. <laughs> Good Lord. And he starts raking. This sounds like a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it it was. It could have been. Right, so he starts raking, and I'm looking at him through the dim lights of the street lights there. And I thought, I don't know him. So I said, Excuse me. I said, I just met. <laughs> I know I don't know you. So what's your name? He goes, Pete. And he just keeps raking. And I said, Pete. He went, Go. Right. <laughs> so he said to me, Do you got another rake? And I said, maybe I do. I go up and I look around, but all I can find is my grandson's little plastic rake that, you know, a four or five-year-old right. looks more like a big whisk broom. Yeah. So I'm down there, and I'm bending with that, and they're raking, and they're really, really helping me. About a quarter to ten to nine, we get finished. So they hand me back the rakes, and I went, gosh. I said, I don't know if I could have gotten this done by myself. I really appreciate you helping me. Oh, I don't think I think about it. I, it's fine. It's fine. You know, we're just glad we could be of help. I said, so where do you go on Park Avenue? Well, Park Avenue is just a few blocks around from where I live. And I said, well, if I paid you, what would I pay you? No, no, we don't want any money. Well, if I baked you an apple pie where we live over there but in Park Avenue, but we don't, we don't want anything. Now, I love God, and I'm religious, but there are some cliches that's 
Christians use, and this is one of them. The girl said, after they both said, we don't want any money, don't bother about bringing us an apple pie. The girl said, just consider it a God thing. To English, you use the word thing. I'm going to circle and go, what's a thing? Second of all, <laughs> what's a God thing, right? I don't know what a God thing is, but I didn't say anything derogatorily to her. They gave me back my rakes. I, I watched them walk off into the dark until I couldn't see them anymore. And then I, you locked the door. <laughs> and then I walked into my garage, closed the garage door, and I have I just been visited by angels? <laughs> like, I, maybe God sent these angels to help me rake. About a week later, I came home from school. And God and it, doesn't have very good grammar. <laughs> it's a God thing. No, the angels didn't. Yeah, the the angels. angels. Okay, so anyway, I come home, and I can't handle those dogs together. So I take one out at a time. So I had the little girl on a leash out in the, uh, it was about a week later, and I'm out getting the paper off the, of my front porch and this Pete goes by on his bicycle and he and went yes I do you help me rake my leaves thank you you're welcome and he rides off on the bicycle so then about a, two weeks later which had been another week later I take her out front to go to do her business well where I live is right next door to the gas station and there's a ledge there in the summer, the kids will pop and they'll talk and I like listening to their voices and seeing them well I um had the little girl on a leash and I'm standing there between that house and I get this creepy feeling like we've all gotten sometimes that somebody's looking at us mm -hmm. and I look down and there's Pete <laughs> and he is so close <laughs> to raise his voice he's smoking a cigarette he sees me he takes the last puff of the cigarette and clicks it away and he goes now he sh I said well hello Pete he said something I should have kicked in on I didn't know you had a dog I said, a dog? Oh, no, 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 no. I got dogs. And believe me, thinks he's the big kahuna. Right? So he just turned and walked off. Now, this is now towards the 1st of October. Fast forward to the summer. Go out, and I get my plane dealer, and I come in, and I sit down. And if you have read the plane dealer, you know over there in the back section, they sometimes have a most wanted set. There was Pete's picture, some Pete. Liskanowski, whatever, it sounded like a very Polish, uh, foreign kind of sounding name. They were casing people's houses and breaking and entering. Kara was driving the getaway car, right? There, and I pulled the paper up close to me, and I looked at that. And then I held it back, and I looked at it, and I pulled it up close to me, and then I held it back. The thing, my foot! My foot! They were casing my house, right? But and then I realized they didn't I want to go up to the garage. Realized what saved me, the dog. That's right. I didn't know you had a dog. I said a dog. No, I got dogs. And there's a boy dog in there that believes he's a big Kahuna. I realized it was the dogs that saved me. It was like your they subconscious got, knew to say they that. They got more treats that night than they ever ever had <laughs> oh before. And, and you know, I hate it for the people that they maybe cased their house and did it, but. Everyone else they came and actually robbed from. You actually took something from them I, and got, <laughs> and they nothing, got, nothing, got right. nothing back. They didn't want an apple no, pie. No, the paper said that when they caught them, you know, Kara was driving the getaway car and they had a trunk in the back seat just full of stuff that's here in the county. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they had him arrested. I don't know. And you know got free like, yard work from right. Him. Some you know, maybe <laughs> like they. Like I said, I can't believe you like, oh, yeah, like I would have thought they'd be like, oh, I'll go look for it. You know what I mean? Like if they're, Can I if just... they would have said that, I probably would have been a little suspicious of yeah, that. Did you go get it? Yeah. And they were watching everything I was doing. But still, if they would have said, I'll go get it. I and probably maybe while been... maybe while you went and got it, they were like looking at. Oh, and can I just knows? point out that I'm impressed that 
for you living alone, you had three rakes. Yeah, I, I mean, agree that's impressive. With that, to no me. doubt. <laughs> Two in a toddler rake. But I'm still impressed. Well, I mean, I agree you. with that. Thank you. Well, I do want to. I do want to tell one. Uh, and I didn't tell this one at, uh, you know, I did get an opportunity to come in and observe you. And it was, uh, it, it honestly was one of my favorite observations I've ever done, whether doing a value. That was back when I was still a teacher and got to come in and hang out in your room. I remember but, that. I remember you coming in. And it, and it was, it was so much fun. But the funniest is when I to Jennings County High School, and obviously I already talked, Callie came the same year as me, but... When I came in, and I've never told you this story, so this one's going to be that day, and then I thought, you know what? I really want to have her on the podcast, so I'm going to hold off on this and, and, and save this for, for the reaction. But I came in, I was a single guy, I was probably 26 or 27, maybe. Yeah, probably. Uh, 2009, I guess I could do the math. I'd have been 20. one. And, uh, and I remember I had my first class, and they were, you know, they were talking, and obviously... Callie and I had went on a date there in the fall, and they were on Mr. Roller, you know, who are you around? And, you know, I was single and all that kind of stuff. And I'll never forget, there was a student, and he said, hey, I know a teacher that would. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, they really, because I always joked with my kids that I knew I was bald, didn't bother me, make bald <laughs> jokes. I knew I, knew I was overweight. I know, too. And they said, well, do you know Miss Phil? And this was like the first couple weeks of, of school, and I, I didn't know you at that, but I was so focused on football and didn't really care about anything else. And they said, they said, I'm telling you, Miss Phil really likes guys who are balding. And they and they played it perfectly because I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, then I'll never forget it was like a week later, and I kind of forgot about it. And we're at a staff <laughs> meeting. And I remember you you raised back of the room, and Mr. Taylor said, yes, Miss Phil. And I turned around. And here, I'm in the front. You're thinking, oh, here she is. I'm thinking, here we go. And I turn around, and I immediately thought, nope, she's way out of my league. And I just turned back around, and it was over. Because I knew I had no chance of, of, of the funniest things. I remember walking back in class, and that kid said, Hey, did you ever did you ever talk to Miss Phil? And I thought, yeah, you played me just right. I didn't know who Miss Phil was. And I said, here, That's here, funny. Here I'm a balding 24 year old, and I well, thought see, I found my dream woman. Okay, she I, likes balding I men. I think bald headed men are sex. It's all thought that was funny when I would say that. Yeah, yeah, you heard that? Yeah, you know that? Uh-huh. I knew where I was going as well, soon as he said know, bald. And you never know what kids are going to say. No. Or comment or ask a question, and then they come up with things like, "Does your hair look like that in the morning when you get up?" <laughs> like, what? You haven't been paying a little... Uh, no, no pair of earrings do you have anyway. Uh, th- this one kid I was teaching speech to inform, right? And this kid raised his hand in the middle of the outline to inform. Are you dating anybody? Uh, there was a class about 22, and I thought, I don't know where this is going, right? I said, excuse me, son, I think we're off. Are you dating anybody? I said, seriously, we're off task. Let's get back on task. He went, no, Miss Thill. He said, I really want to know if you're dating anybody. At this point, everybody's quiet because they don't know. He said, um, my, uh, my grandpa... He's dating this woman. We can't stand her. He goes, the other night, the whole family was in the living room. We were talking, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could get Mrs. Thill hooked up with Papa? Uh, <laughs> well, I knew Papa. I didn't want to go out with Papa. Right? <laughs> so right in front of the whole club, Papa will make up his own mind, right? You never know what they're going to say. Just no. like that. Oh, I know somebody that you might hook up with. Yes. And it was it was funny. You, you say that uh, Carol Romine asked me to come in and talk to her education professions class. 
And I was just in there, and before I really got into my whole spiel, I was just talking to him, and Mr. Earler, I have a real serious question. And I said, yeah, and and, and I've always been very lighthearted. It doesn't bother me. But she goes, um, do you use body shampoo? <laughs> And I said, what, what, what? And I I laughed and, and, and Carol was hilarious because Carol's like, oh, okay. I said, well, you know, really I shave my head about three times a week. And I said, when I do, I use body wash. But I said, my wife bought me like a five gallon bucket of lifetime supply. I'll have to will that down (laughs) to someone because I have no new use for it. So I said, I feel like in the days I don't shave my head, I need to use the shampoo just, and I, and the the girl said, well, thanks. She goes, I've just really been wondering that. You never know what's going to come out of their mouth. Perfect. No, no, not at you, all. You never know. You never know. Well, see yeah. this, and, and and we're going to get ready to wrap up here, and we're because we're almost at an hour and a half um, in, and and I want to tell you this, I and I truly mean this from my heart. I'm going to miss seeing you in the hallway Thank and you. seeing your smile and Thank seeing you. your passion. Um, but I'm not going to miss seeing you because the opportunities to get to see you outside of of the school Thank you. and uh i hope that you'll come back on i know we already talked this week and you said that you, i'd love to have you come back on this this podcast because you're a lot of fun to be around well, thank you're, you thank you you're a lot of fun to hear your stories and and i just want to say as a into a whole world that is uh <laughs> is going to smack me in the face um as being a principal of of that building and and not just the 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 shoes that i have to try and fill um, that have been there, as you talked about with Mr. Hurley and some of the things that I hope mm-hmm. to be able to do in that building. Um, appreciate the uh, the lessons and the wisdom that you've shared with all of us. So I'm going to finish up with one last question, and I want to say this because even though I agree with you that I don't know that education's in as good a place as what it could be, I worry about some of the young kids out there that are not going into education. You, as As a woman who has dedicated her entire life to this beautiful craft, this beautiful profession, to go back and be in this in this field today. Well, I don't think that they see the incentive to go. Might have a passion. When I was sixty nine years old, I had gone up to the state house before to look at my monies, but I went up and I made an appointment. And the woman area where I was waiting in the waiting room, and she called my name, and I walked across the floor and down the hall and into her cubicle, and I sat down, and she went behind her people did ask and she like so and rested her chin and her hands and she goes do you mind if I just sit here and look at you a minute and I said she looked like she's about 51 I said well you could (laughs) and she said well I've got your portfolio here you're 69 years old I wasn't expecting somebody that was 69 years old to get up who is in the condition you're in and you're in great condition she goes now let me advise you don't retire I said why she goes you're going to turn 70 this is something that the state does not um don't tell this loudly, but if you teach till you're 70 to say thank you for your dedication and hire, and then the school corporation cannot fire you. If you want to teach till you're 80, you can do that. Well, that's true, but what the school, the bad, bad assignments to the point to where I say I've had enough, I'm getting out of here. But nevertheless, she goes, don't do that. Well, I'd already turned my three-year letter in, so I had, and so uh, she advised me. She said, I just have never, ever looked at anybody that has taught that long. These young teachers are tiring right and left, right and left. I said, do you want me to tell you why? She said, why? And I said, the state legislatures are not creating an environment into the education. No matter how much a, st- a student 
a prospective student might feel the need to go into it because they have the burning desire. If they're going to be treated the way they're being treated, it isn't going to be there. I've got to make a living. I've got to have benefits. I've got to have incentives. I got to do this for my family and there. But why should they go into education if you're going to leave that aspect of it out of the way? Because are so great. I didn't say that they overshadow what I just said, mm -hmm. because what I just said is a statement. I know that when Mike Pence was governor, he was concerned. It was on the news one day that he was concerned that the applications for to the field of education was had dropped i don't know how many percentage and he was going to create a committee to study it and i thought don't don't waste the taxpayers money on that just come up from every school corporation in the state and give them a subway sandwich and they'll tell you why yeah you know mm -hmm. when barry hovius's oldest daughter older daughter graduated from iu from the commencement exercise i stopped him there in the hall where he had duty by the the library and I said how was your weekend he goes well McKenzie graduated from IU I said, it was kind of sad he said you know they're too big a school so they just get their diplomas through the mail but he said here the school of business row after row after row the school of science row and he said the school of education two little bitty rows so if the person has that burning desire have it to go into it but if the incentive isn't there it's going to create a lack of needing to go into it, be able to be met, to be able to have a decent, productive life to provide for myself and my family. But the rewards, it's the rewards. To get the rewards, like I've said, I don't know how this has happened to me. I don't know how students have continually given back to me. The rewards are there. And when someone like the Elsner kids achieve their goals, mm -hmm. some, some students like the Elsner kids have achieved their goals, or another story but when I was 33 I found my first lump in my breast I was mortified I was getting ready for bed one night and I found that I had a three-year-old kid and I thought, I'm going to die I went called in sick the next day and I I went in to the doctor and he sent me right away to Columbus right and biopsied they had me prepared for surgery and I'm outside on a cart and they were getting ready to take me into the surgical room and all of a sudden somebody took my I looked up in the face of Jill Foist I'd had Jill Foist as a sophomore, much about the same time I had John Howard. I knew she wanted to be a nurse. I hadn't found a registered nurse. She was living in Columbus. She was married. She goes, Mrs. Thill, I saw you on the this, this surgery schedule. Thought I thought, I'm not going to be assigned to your room, but I can on you. She comforted me, and she did come and check on me. Now, that's why we're in education, right? I had a pocket of time. I wanted to give her something that would help her to go ahead and be able to achieve her goals. And she was able to do so. I'm 33 that I was going to be on a cart outside of a surgical room. And this girl who's now working at Columbus Hospital, who I hadn't seen since she'd graduated, was going to, again, I can't explain that, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And that's why you do it. Mm -hmm. That's why you do it. Again, I can't even find the words to describe them of how wonderful it is to get back. And we don't do it to get back. We do it to become productive citizens and happy adults and give back to our society in productive ways. And then somehow they give back to us. Well, I think I'm gonna speak for everybody here at the table and just say thank you for being a shining example of, of what education is. 48 years are, 
are something that I hope that at at year 48, I'm able to still get what you were able to do. And, thank you. And I mean it. And I thank you so much for coming down today. And again, I hope that that even moving on to the next chapter of your life, I hope that uh, you stay in touch with me. I hope that we can have some lunches or some dinners. I hope you'll come back here to the cast and uh, be on with us again. But thank you so much. And I wish you all the best in retirement. I know that it has been a very difficult thing for you. Yes, it has. And this was a passion, but um, I know this, and I know it's been said about you before, you will continue to affect kids and you will continue to positive way. I really appreciate you inviting me. I've had a wonderful time with all of you and discussing what's important to all of us around this particular date, the invitation. Thank you again. Thank you.